Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia. We continue with the Maharal in Nasiv HaTshuva, the pathway of Tshuva, which we're doing during this time of Elul, the time of Tshuva, trying to be on the path of Tshuva. And we are up to the next paragraph over here, page Kufnun Aleph in Perik Bays of Nasiv HaTshuva, right hand column towards the top of the column. Maharal's now going to quote a whole Maimer Chazal, a whole statement from the Gemara about tshuva, and the maral is going to analyze it and and produce, as as he always does, um, fundamentals and principles for us, but there's going to be a lengthy quote. So we're going to spend some time now just reading uh, one or two Gemaras back to back over here, and then we'll see how the, how the, how the maral is going to, how, how he's going to analyze these Gemaras. So l- let's see. Uperik HaShoyal, in Mesech HaShabbos, Tanan Hosem, we have a Mishnah. Reb Lezer Oimer Shuv Yoim Echad Lefnei Misascha. Reb Lezer quotes a pasuk in Kahelas that says, "Repent one day before you die. One day before you die, a person should do tshuva." The pasuk says. So his Talmidim asked him the obvious question. Shalu Talmidim is Reb Lezer. Reb Lezer Talmidim brought him this pasuk and they asked him the question. Person knows when he's going to die. What's that supposed to mean? To Repent die. one day before you die. Who knows when you? Who knows when they're going to die? Amar Lei Reb says back. He says your question is not the question. The question is the answer. What? What's the lesson from that pasuk? Repent one day, at least one day before you die. Repent. Do tshuva today. Do tshuva right now. Maybe you're going to die tomorrow. No guarantee. Nobody knows what's going to be. Me my yulad Who knows what's going to be from one day to the next? Right. So what does it mean? Do tshuva one day before you die. Do tshuva today, right now. The ticker is ticking. The uh, the uh, the eggs are frying, and uh, the coffee is percolating. No time like the present. No time like the present to do tshuva. The toast is toasting. It's time to do tshuva. The nimsa, the person, so person, you know, does tshuva today, Wednesday, because who knows it's going to be a Thursday. He wakes up on Thursday. And says, well, Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave me another day. Sure, I did tshuva already yesterday, right? No, do tshuva again today. Right? Even call Yom because maybe today's your last day. So a person lives with that attitude of, you don't, you don't know how much time you have here. You spend every day doing tshuva, that's wonderful. Shlomo says in his wisdom, Levanim, your clothes should always be white. Keep your clothing clean. And make sure you always have a well-oiled head. What does it mean to have clean clothes and a well-oiled head? It means keep yourself in order. It means do tshuva. It means keep yourself clean, squeaky clean. Keep yourself well-oiled and, and clean. Rabbi gives an analogy of this. A parable, following parable. Can be compared to a prison who invites his servants to a meal. He has a whole uh, staff. The person has a staff that works for him loyally and faithfully. He has his cooks. He has the cleaning help. He has the guy who does his taxes. He has the person who does the shoe shines, the guy who gives him a haircut. And he has this loyal staff. He wants to make them a nice party to, to, to uh, show his appreciation. Staff Appreciation Day. So he invites his staff to a big party to show his appreciation. And he says, guys, 
I, I, I appreciate you so much. I value you so much. You guys do such good jobs. You sell it what you do. We're going to make a staff appreciation party. Get ready. It's going to be a lavish party. It's going to be a black tie affair. It's going to be seven courses. It's going to be a ballroom, a dance floor. It's going to be amazing. But one thing he neglects, the only thing he leaves out is what? Where the party is going to be. Like Kovalem's man. He doesn't tell them when the party is. He says, get ready. There's going to be a big party. Staff appreciation. Pichem Shebehem. So the wise people, what do they do? Kashus Atzman. They got themselves ready. They took a shower, trimmed, uh, put on a little deodorant maybe, got themselves all dressed up in their nicest clothes and their tucks and their top hat. The Yoshua Pesach Pesach <laughs> and they're waiting there. Thank you so much. Thank you. And they're waiting there by the house of the king, by the entrance to the, to the palace, waiting for the party. Because they know there's a party coming. They know they're invited. They want to be ready. As soon as the as soon as the gates open, they want to be the first people there. They want to they want to miss out. They don't want to they want to get the 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 notice of when the party's starting and be unprepared. They don't want to be unprepared. You know, there's a chasna tonight. Got to got to get ready for the chasna. You can't just walk in. You know, as we walk into to, uh, the Maharal class, the the Nesiva Tshuva class, we walk in and are you know, kind of dressed down a little bit casually. You got, you got to go to that chasni, shower perhaps, shave, haircut, um, splash on some of that, some of that um, Belarus cologne, and you know, put on our a nice tie and our nice hat, and. Um, you got it. You got it. You got it. You got to get ready for it, right? You got to. You got to look nice. So that, these people, they, they were invited. They they're invited to this big lavish party, this big fiesta. They want to make sure they're ready. They, they don't want to miss out. They don't want to be caught unawares. They know the party's coming, so they get themselves ready. We're not lacking anything. We're ready to walk in as soon as he opens the doors. We're ready. The fools, fools. They said, okay, a party. All right, you know what. We'll, we'll believe it when we see it, or well, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. He didn't tell us when the party is. We got plenty of time. In the meantime, to what? To get ourselves dirty, to to get ourselves messy, to get ourselves unkempt, to get ourselves smelly. We don't have to be ready right now. It's going to take time. He's got to put this party together. We got plenty of time. They're convinced that they have plenty of time. So the the difference between the wise people and the foolish people over here is. Are they looking to convince themselves that they have plenty of time? That's the foolish argument. We got time to worry about this right now. The wise people tell themselves it could be any time. It could be any time. We don't know how much time we have. We better be ready right now. Peace time. Suddenly, says the says the Gemara. Suddenly, King claps his hands. He summons everybody to the party. This is the wise people who are ready all along. They go in immediately. They're ushered in. Groomed and ready for the occasion, dressed properly. Batibshin, Shibahem, the the fools, the foolish folk, they're also summoned to the party, they're yanked into the party. They come in smelly, dirty, ungroomed, unwashed, and unkempt. Whereas the wise people come in groomed, washed, and kempt. They all come in kempt. And this is, we hear echoes over here of, um, you know, this is what happened to, to Haman. Haman was ushered into the party. This is a you know, there's a deep connection over here. It says, Haman comes back from leading Mordechai around the ignominy, uh, the garbage t- tossed on his head by his daughter. 
comes in morally morally um, abused and physically um, disheveled and he's just rushed into the house of the king rushed into the base of the palace of the king for this party without any time to prepare so that's in this mushal what we're talking about over here these people that, that the fools that said we got plenty of time they're rushing to the party in, in a state of in a state of gross unpreparedness Sameach HaMelech Likras Pichin. The king is, is, is elated, delighted to greet the wise people who are ready all along. Because Likras Tipshin, he's very upset. He's an incensed at the fools, the people that are coming into the, uh, have the audacity to come into this party ungroomed, un, uh, not dressed for the occasion, not showered, not bathed. Amr, the king says like this, Halalu this party, the wise people, they are prepared for the big party that I told them all about. I told them we're making a party. The people that are prepared for this banquet, let them take their seats at the table, let them dine, let them eat and drink. Halalu, the fool, didn't prepare themselves for the feast, for the banquet. I'm not going to throw them out, but they're not going to be invited to the table. Let them stay and observe and watch what they're missing out on. Let them see what they're missing out on. They're going to see everyone else enjoying the party. Okay, the Gemara gives that very scary, uh, the, 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 the um, meaning behind this analogy is very obvious, very, very obvious, and a kind of a scary mushal over here, very scary parable. The people didn't get themselves ready because they convinced themselves that we got plenty of time. There's always tomorrow, right? There's always tomorrow, and not only that, like the famous poet once said, um, why even think about tomorrow when you've got today to enjoy instead, right? So... Those are the people, they, they are not thrown out. Rather, their fate is to remain there in the palace to watch everyone else who did get ready enjoying the banquets. Chazan Mayor Mayor, the son-in-law of Rameyer, said, excuse me, in the name of Rameyer, Bahalavai, Shiyihu Halalu He said, even that's too good for them. It would be a, a, too much of a reward. They don't even deserve to be there as observers. They don't even deserve to be there as waiters, these people. That's how angry the king is going to be. That's how angry the Rebbein is going to be with the people who always um, felt that they had plenty of time. These people, they didn't get themselves ready at all. They don't even deserve to be present as observers, not even as, as the waiters. Elu, Elu, Ella, Elu, Elu, Yoshin. Everyone remains, everyone's going to be seated, but um, the, the, um, those who are the, the wise sit and partake, they eat from the banquet, the others sit and they starve. The former group, they're able to drink the fine drinks that the king serves, the beverages, the, the, the latter party is going to be thirsty. Behold, my servant says, God will eat. You will, you will be ravenous. My servants will drink. You will be thirst. You will thirst. My servants, those who took me seriously, will sing out of happiness and glad spirits. You will be screaming out of. Agony and 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 um, pain and sorrow. 
Period. That's the end of this Gemara. So a whole bunch of things going on in this Gemara. And we begin with a message about when we should do tshuva. The message is do tshuva one day before you die. That's translated into do tshuva every single day. And the Gemara culminates with this, this sobering analogy of um, two groups of people who are, uh, who are told of an upcoming banquet. They're not told when, and there's those who take it seriously. I better get myself ready. I, it could be on a moment's notice that I may be summoned to the party. I better be ready around the clock. Whereas the other group of people say, well, we don't know what it's going to be. So that means we have plenty of time. Are we looking to be ready? Are we looking to not be ready to enjoy life? So let's see what the Maharal is going to do now with these, with these uh, Maimari Chazal. That's the end. Adkan. Adkan. Hakofa Aleph. Adkan. Debriya Gemara. Now it begins the Maharal. Vyesh. Lishol says the Maharal. Ask the following question here. Lamar Amar Ablezer v'hach Lishno havi lei loimar v'shuv kol yamecho kadesh nishma mizeshia kol yama v'tshuva. So that Gemara earlier so began with the, the quote. The, I'm sorry, the pasuk from from Shlomo Melech wasn't wasn't the opening line. The, the quote I mentioned there was a, the pasuk from Kahel from Shlomo Melech that, that came later. That was the opening line. That's Ablezer's lashon. The um, the pasuk the quote from Kaheles that's. Um, your clothing should always be pure, should always be white. Reb Lezer had his way of giving that over by saying, He exhorted his Tamidim, repent one day before you die. His Tamidim asked him, as we saw, repent one day before you die, nobody knows when they're going to die. He explained to them, what, what I mean to say with that is, repent every day. Repent every day, because indeed, you don't know when you're going to die. So Miles says, like, well, why is he playing this game? Why does he have to play this game and like set up these logic puzzles to to say tricky things so somebody can ask him a question so he can give a clever answer? If the whole thing seems kind of like inefficient, why does he have to say a cryptic statement, which is not clear, repent one day before you die, to which somebody will naturally ask him the obvious question, which everyone here asked, but you don't know when you're going to die, and to which he has to give the obvious answer was, okay, talk, you don't know when you guys repent every day. Just talk the point. Say, say what? Repent every day because you don't know when you're going to die. Why does he have to speak in, in a mysterious way? Why does he have to speak in a puzzling way? And, and why, why do we need this whole shakavatariya? Why do you have to have this whole back and forth with his tamidim? So let, let's see the Maharal's question. Let's see the Maharal's and let's see what he's going to do with this. Why do Rebelezer have to speak so mysteriously? Anyway, his point is going to end up being repent every day because you don't know when you're going to die. Say, do tshuva every single day. Just get to the point. Why are you playing around with the Tamidim? Then be direct, be to the point, and say the lesson that you're going to arrive at anyway, which is do tshuva every single day, because who knows what the future shall bring. So that, that's a good question. Let's see what the Ma'ar is going to do with this question. This is coming to address a common mindset that people have. Common mindset that people have. And quite common, especially when people start to dabble in sources that they definitely should not be dabbling in without having someone to guide them. Without having someone to guide them. Um, there's a, a mindset that people develop, which is Tshuva is a very intimidating, very daunting process. And maybe 
maybe even for me, maybe unachievable, maybe unattainable. Person says to himself, I'm supposed to do tshuva. Look how many years I was Mechal Shabbos for. How many years I ate treif. How many years I was just a rotten bum of a person. Wasn't nice to people around me. Why are you laughing, Penny? How many years? How many years? <coughs> how many years? He's laughing. He's thinking about all those, all those rotten bums. Yeah, ice, ice. I don't know. Anyway, how many years? Um, I didn't bench properly. How many years I didn't damage one esrei properly? How many years I, I, I wasn't? I, I, I was unaware of how to daven. How many years I wasn't davening? How many years of my life I didn't make use of the time properly that Akash Baruch gave me? Could have been more efficient with my time. Could have been so productive. And it's daunting and it's intimidating. It's scary. Person looks behind himself and says, "It's impassable. It's impassable. Am I supposed to, you know, do tshuva on this?" That is a very common mindset, a common reaction, and that produces generally one of, of several results. One result is it's just paralyzing it overwhelms the person, so he just doesn't do tshuva because it's just too much to think about. Too much to think about. But another reaction that people have is is they just have to compartmentalize, and I'm just going to have to not think about all that. I just you know just focus on today and and. Um, I'll just have to forget about the past. I'll just have to cauterize the past and ignore it and forget about it. And that's also not a healthy thing. Not a healthy thing to section off parts of your existence, section off parts of your mind, section off parts of your past. You just have to ignore them. That doesn't produce good results either. That produces fractured results. Yet, it's a difficult thing to deal with. And especially, I mentioned dabbling in the wrong sources. So there's, you know, people can find all kinds of sources that... So I was just having a conversation with someone a few weeks ago. Someone was telling me that he can't do tshuva before he started doing the Mairal and the Siva tshuva. And he says he can't do tshuva. I said, why not? He said, oh, because I read that for this Avera, you have to fast 600 fasts. For this Avera, you have to fast 1,000 fasts. For this Avera, you have to fast 1,800 fasts. And I said, all those Averas, like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I decided, I'm not going to live enough years to fast all those fasts. And even if I would live all those years to fast all those fasts, um, I wouldn't live all those years if I tried fasting all those fasts because I would probably just die from fasting. So yeah, you could find sources like this, Rabbi Yisai, but these aren't, you know, there's the, the, these, these, as we'll see, the, as we'll see, have to be taken in the greater context of what our guides tell us in terms of how tshuva can be done. And, and, and yes, there are sources that give penalties or to give the give the substitutes that a person has to make to do tshuva and yes this is for this area you have to fast you know dozens of fasts hundreds of fasts but there's ways around it and 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 there's other ways of doing tshuva and none that's not even the right way of saying it the right way of saying it is those sources have to be understood what they're doing when, when presenting these lists of, of, um, of requirements, what's required, the required penalty, the fast penalty for all these different Averas has to be understood and we have to take it in the context of the writings of our spiritual guides, what the Maharal is going to share with us, as we're going to see now, Rebbeinu Yoyna and others who, who talk about how to make pra- truth very practical and approachable and attainable. 
unattainable. And yes, when someone is told, well, the, for this Aver that you've probably done dozens, if not hundreds of times in your life, you have to fast for each time, you have to fast hundreds of, of, of fasts, yeah, so forget about it, you know. Um, stuff's just not for me. Um, and that at best produces a kind of a fractured person where he has to compartmentalize different parts of himself, and at worst, it, it, it can get a person disinterested, dissuaded, and disillusioned with Yiddishkeit. And it all has to be understood contextually. And let's, and, and with the morale is now going to take this very topic, this very um, daunting, intimidating area of doing shuva, which is just the overwhelmed feeling that people get when they look backwards at what they have on their record. They ask themselves, how am I going to deal with that? This is what the Maros is going to share with us, what Rebbe Lezer himself is coming to share with his Talmidim. When Rebbe Lezer phrases his phrasing with the, the phrase that he so chooses. He's coming to address one of the biggest bugbears of battling the the um, the ballast which gets in the way of you doing tshuva. And that is again being overwhelmed, being intimidated and, and, and saying how on earth can I can I do this? So let, let's see now the Maharalis, we'll develop this a little bit and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pause for today and we'll continue tomorrow, but let's let's see a little bit over here. The Rebelezer knows if he says every day do tshuva, it's coming with a certain spin. The question is why did Rebelezer say do tshuva every single day as opposed to saying do tshuva one day before you die? One day before you die, you know, you're going to die, you're going to die. Oh, no, if it's today, you might die tomorrow. Why, why we need the whole Shagvatari? Teretz says, if he says the other way right away, do tshuva every single day, there's going to be a mashmoyz that you got to do tshuva every single day to, to, to battle with certain crimes, certain averes. You have to be constantly doing tshuva to chip away at them. There's some averes, again, he looks around, says, turns backwards, says, so much chil Shabbos I have on my record, so much lush and horror, so much eating treif. Ribbles is right. I knew it all along. You got to do tshuva every single day. Look what Rebbe says. You got to do tshuva every single day. I knew this all along. This, these tasks are nearly impossible and, 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 and undoable. You got to do tshuva every single day. That's what it would sound like. It would have sounded like from Rebbe You got to be involved in tshuva every single day to get rid of these averes. Regarding this, he says, Rebeleza says no. Yeah, it's got to be done one day before you die. But one day is sufficient to do tshuva. You do tshuva one day properly. You can wipe out an entire lifetime of Averis from one day spent doing tshuva. Unbelievable. Shaf imachata kol yamav, even if a yid was involved in Averis his entire life, he had a lifetime of Averis. Yesh loy loshuv af yam echad lefnei Spend one good quality day doing tshuva, tshuva, the tshuva will be effective, tshuva will work. That's why he chose that language specifically, that way of phrasing it, do tshuva one day before you die, to make it clear that one day is enough. Don't be overwhelmed, don't be intimidated, don't buy into the entreaties of the Yetzirah telling you there's no way you're ever going to do tshuva. Shuv yayim echad one day is sufficient to wipe out an entire lifetime of Averis. How reassuring Rabbi Say, how encouraging and how empowering and how does that work exactly one quality of tshuva can wipe out decades of Averis we'll yet see that the Maharal is going to get into other things as well in the meantime we'll stop over here we'll continue tomorrow